Hey everyone, welcome back to Every Version Ever. My name is Jonathan North, and today we're beginning a brand new series of episodes, this time focusing on adaptations of Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. On my YouTube channel, I've always done Christmas in July, looking at various Christmas movies and specials, so I thought, why not bring that tradition to this new podcast and look at one of my favorite Christmas stories, A Christmas Carol. I thought we'd start this series strong going back to a review I did in 2018 with my friend Sol Carlos, covering the 2009 Disney version of the story. Disney's made several versions of this Christmas classic, but where their other versions had leaned more towards humor and casting other well-known beloved characters in the iconic Christmas Carol roles, this time they played it straight and instead worked to make this as faithful an adaptation of the book as possible, sometimes taking passages from the story almost word for word. However, the one big thing that sets this version apart from pretty much all other adaptations is the fact that it's a motion capture CGI animated film, and despite how faithful they were to the source material, their medium of choice has proved somewhat controversial and maybe a little forgettable, and a lot of people have either never seen it or never even heard of it. The reason I wanted to do this one with you is because back in July, when I was doing Christmas in July, you had suggested this one as a video we do together. Mm-hmm. So what made you want to do this one? Well, actually, I thought you were talking about the Mickey Mouse version. I wondered then, when you sent me that that message last night. And then I was like, oh, it's a Jim Carrey one. Well, even better, because I've never seen that one. So it worked out okay. for the best. Okay. So you'd never seen this one before. I had, no. I think I had seen it once years and years ago. I had forgotten pretty much everything. So Yeah, I remember it was, it was in theaters, but like the trailers looked too scary for me when it came out or too creepy and I was like mm, I don't know if I'm into that so I kind of like skipped it and so I watched it for the first time last night okay so what did you think of it well first things first I'm gonna mention this is I'm currently on a Christmas Carol the musical so I'll, this movie it's really hitting me home because like we only have three performances left so I was emotional watching this film and so I'm, there's going to be things I'm going to be comparing to the show I'm in because I'm very familiar with the story now. And I did enjoy the film, but I think there was a lot of little problems. Yeah. That's my so overall. Way. Like it wasn't awful, but it wasn't great. Yeah, I, th- I think I felt the same way. I liked a lot of it, but there was a lot of it that I wish had been done different or done better. Yeah. So what did you think of the technique of motion capture? Okay. So the only time I've ever liked motion capture was on Tintin. Because what I did like in Tintin was that, yes, the movements were realistic, but the faces were still cartoony. I feel like in motion capture, it just goes from a point where they want to be too realistic, where it looks so creepy. Like, especially the kids, their mouth, there's something very weird about it and a bit disturbing at times. I feel like it almost, I was watching like a Barbie movie at times because it felt so not real at times, but at the same time too realistic. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, I know what you mean. I, I think I felt the same way. It just, motion capture, the way they do it usually just feels kind of off. Mm-hmm. it just doesn't feel real enough and i know they're going for like hyper realism yeah but it it doesn't work very well for me no especially the mouth the only mouth i think worked was scrooge's mouth but 
everyone else's like mouth, especially the kids were so creepy looking. I feel like I was watching, I don't know, alien. <laughs> it was very strange and uncomfortable. And it's like, oh, I'm going to get used to it. I never got used to it. Yeah, I think I kind of got used to it enough by the end. But like at the beginning, it was all I could think about. It was just, mm -hmm. it's like, I wish they could have either done this as straight animation. Right. Or even even just doing the backgrounds as CG and then having real people. I think I would have liked Ooh. that a lot better. I because agree. There was a lot of sequences in this where you couldn't do that in live action. So I understand why they wanted to do it as a CG film. But it, I think it would have been improved so much more if they'd actually had actual people playing. I'm just parts. so surprised because, like, Disney by this time had seen what, you know, the Polar Express was a flop and all these motion capture films have been a flop. So it's like, why would they risk it? And they know their normal animation is usually a success. So why are you risking it like that? That really surprised me of Disney to go into. I mean, I do appreciate risks, but that one is like... It hasn't worked in the past, <laughs> so why trying it? I don't know. Mm -hmm. It just seemed like an odd choice. Also, I'm kind of excited uh, to be talking about this film because I actually watched The Grinch for the first time recently, and it was Jim Carrey. And this time, it's also Jim Carrey. So I was like, I want a Jim Carrey marathon right now. So and people have said that The Grinch is basically the same story as A Christmas Carol. So he's, he's playing very similar characters. <laughs> That's true. He's just one is a lot more over the top and ridiculous than this one. Oh, yeah. If I ever talk about The Grinch, I should talk about it with you because it's very controversial to like that movie. Yeah. The, the Jim Carrey one or the new one? The Jim Carrey one. Oh, but I watched the, that one for the first time this year, so. I mean, they both are controversial in their mm -hmm. own way. But that'll be a discussion for another, so, another video. I have a question for you because I'm currently in the musical. And the music, it's from Alan Menken, you know, the guy who did all these Disney's classics. Okay. And as I was watching this film, I was like, man, this would have worked so much better as a musical. Like, Disney is famous for doing musicals like this. I know there's some little caroling every now and then. They sing a little mm -hmm. bit, but it's not like I'm singing my emotions. And Scrooge's journey is so intense, so... I think with having music, it would, like there were so many moments in the film where I was like, I'm not getting any emotion at all. And I feel like if they had mm -hmm. music, it would really um, deepen the emotions. And I don't know, it would have been I, a big complaint I saw online was a lot of parents were saying this is too scary for kids, which I totally agree. Yeah. And I feel like if there was a musical, it would have lightened it up a little bit. I don't know that music would have helped the Jacob Marley scene because that was like, <laughs> I was shocked at how disturbing that was. Yeah, the, the jaw part? Uh, oh, my yeah, God. That was awful. I hated that. <laughs> yeah, and um, in the musical, I mean, I'm sorry. I'm referring too much to it. But the that scene with Marley super cool. cool. It's called Link by Link, the song. And actually, one of the dialogues in the movie, he goes, Link by Link. And I think if he had sang a song, it would have been less scary for kids. You know, because he just goes... Bored. And let's talk about Marley a little bit, because... I did not like his design at all. His face, I don't know. It's just, I, I didn't like his, his design. It, it just felt too simple. Like someone just like, okay, let's create someone like last minute. I, I don't feel those like a, a detail looked personally. 
I didn't like a whole lot of the designs in this movie. They were mm-hmm. they were weird. And I don't know if that was because it was motion capture or what, but everything just felt like slightly wrong. Like not completely yeah. wrong, but just slightly wrong. Wrong enough that I was like, I can't like this. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't dislike it, but I can't like it. You know what I mean? Yeah, especially with the the ghost of Christmas past. I was not a fan at all. First of all, his voice sounded like Voldemort. It's like, <laughs> no. All the other Christmas Carol versions I've seen, they're like, the Christmas past is like the cheery one. It's really played like a kid. It's very like happy. And, mm-hmm. and you have this like Voldemort is. And then like the figure, like his face was like not connected. It just felt very cheap looking. Was it just me who thought that? I think they were going more, they were trying to be a lot more book accurate than Mm, most versions because the book kind of describes past as, I don't think that describes them as a candle, but like on his head is a light like a candle. So I think they were, I think they were trying to go for something in that vein and then they went just like straight candle Mm. and it was really weird. Did you notice that Jim Carrey played like all of the ghosts and Scrooge? Did he really? Yes. And he he did a good job in differentiating the voices because yeah. they were so different and past was like super creepy and like as far as from Scrooge as you could get. Mm-hmm. But that was one thing that I kind of liked and didn't like at the same time because I liked that they were able to show Jim Carrey's range in that way, right. playing all these completely different characters. But at the same time, I was like, I kind of wish they would have had some other actors in here playing these characters. Yeah, I was looking at the IMDb page and I I, I remember reading that there's a very small cast and a lot of them play many multiple roles, but I didn't know mm-hmm. about that. And what is with motion capture? Like the Polar Express had Tom Hanks play like, I don't know, 10 characters or something like that. What is it that they pick I that? think it's more the director because I think the director is the same. I think it's really? the same director. Huh. Robert Zemeckis, I think. I think he did both films. So maybe that's just a thing with him where he likes using one person multiple times. And I have a question. How many Christmas Carol versions have you seen? Have you read the book? Like, I, if, I, I feel like I have read the book, but it was years and years ago, probably mm-hmm. when I was a kid, so I don't remember much of it. Last night I was watching a version with my, with my cousin, and we, she had the book, so she went and got it. We were like cross-referencing things, figuring mm-hmm. out how accurate different things were because we were remembering right. different things that had happened and trying to figure out, like, was this from the book or was this referencing one of the other versions? Right. But I don't know how many versions I've seen. I've seen a lot. <laughs> I, I've only... I think, yeah, no, go ahead. I think I watched nine versions last wow. year. And this year, I think I've done five so far. <laughs> I'm not sure. And... I'm probably going to try and do at least six. Wow. We'll see. Um, we'll see what I have time for. I, I, I'm really busy, so I don't know if I'm going right. to have time to edit all so these things. What is it that you think that there's so many retellings of this story after like it's been like 150 years from the original novel? Like, what is it? Do you think that 
makes this so easy for people to want to re-watch in different versions. I haven't thought about that a lot, but I think part of it probably is the fact that the characters are so iconic mm-hmm. that lots of different actors want a chance to be able to play these characters. Right. And the story is one that's really familiar. And at least for me, I I know everybody hates remakes, but mm-hmm. I like seeing how different people put different spins on the same story. I agree. So I think there must be other people out there like that, and they want to try their hand at taking a classic story and putting a new spin on it. Yeah, I think I agree with you. Like, I think it's such a timeless story that also a bit universal, you know? Mm-hmm. And I just think the message is so powerful that yeah. it's never too late to change. It's just such a wholesome story. And I, and like you said, it's a classic, but I, I do think the message is super strong and a lot mm-hmm. of people, especially this time of the year, they want to see something like that. So I think that's why there's so many remakes and things like that. Mm-hmm. The message, I think it's probably all of those things because like you said, it has a great message. The themes of redemption are something that I think most people would connect to. Right. Plus all the things that I mentioned. I think it's probably a combination of all these different things for different people is why it keeps getting remade. But that's fine with me because I like I like I like remakes. Just just as long as it's not like a shot for shot remake of something else. For sure. Which is like the main criticism of against a certain company's remakes these days. Yeah, like the Lion King one. Yes. Just as long as somebody is putting a new spin on something, that's what I like to see. I agree. I still haven't seen the Muppets one. I, I hear that one's a good one. <laughs> that one that one is probably my absolute favorite. Wow. Like of all the different versions I've seen, the Muppets one is the one that I would instantly rewatch. Like most of these, they're good, they're fine. I don't know how quickly I would come back to them and watch them over again. Mm-hmm. The Muppet one, I'd rewatch that one in a heartbeat. It's so good. Oh, that a... one is actually a musical too, so you would probably like that. Mm-hmm. Like, And you mentioned that your play is a musical. I don't think that there has been like a straight musical, at least that I've seen. Mm-hmm. Maybe there is that I haven't discovered yet, but it sounds like yours would be a good candidate to be made by Disney, especially since Alan Menken is doing the Yeah, I, I, I 100% agree. Like, the music is literally Alan Menken. There's little parts of the musical where you hear, like, Pocahontas a little bit in the soundtrack and a little bit of Beauty and the Beast. Like, you can really tell it's the same guy who has written all these mm-hmm. songs. And, yeah, it's like, it is a bit scary at times, but it's still in a way that it's not that scary for kids. And I think it really would work. And what I'm really surprised is that the musical came out, I think, in 2006, the one I'm in. And this movie came out in 2009. So this musical is already out. So I'm confused why Disney is like, oh, we already have the music from this dude who every time releases a movie with us gets millions. Why not using his music for this? I just don't see, understand why Disney didn't get that chance. But I think it would be absolutely amazing if they ever decide to do it with the music. I think it would be yeah. a big hit. Yeah, definitely. I I I wish I could go see your play. It's a little too far away, but <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> I think it would 
I, I really like the idea of a musical version of this, especially one done by Alan Menken. Mm-hmm. So I hope that somebody someday decides to take this script and these songs and turn it into a movie. Because yeah. I would see that in a heartbeat. I agree. Um, I have a question for you. I have it here. Let me see. Um, so we were talking about, a little bit about the animation, right, earlier. Mm-hmm. And young Scrooge, when he's a teen, he looks so old. It's like... <laughs> I was like, he's not a teen. He looks like an old man. That was so weird to me. Like that, this, that style choice, was it just me who saw that? I didn't really pay much attention, but mm. they were probably trying to go for somebody who looked like the older version of Scrooge. And maybe they just leaned too heavily into the design of Scrooge. Yeah. He's old, I don't know. And something I also noticed in that scene, um, Something I do like about the show, I mean, so much is that you see why Ebenezer Scrooge becomes greedy because in the musical, um, his dad was taken away uh, from not paying in, uh, paying some mortgages or taxes, whatever. So he was taken away. And so he tells Ebenezer, save your pennies, save your pennies. And it's a very traumatic moment. And so from then you see him working on a factory. And so the guy is paying him and it's like, I know you can go spend something. He's like, no, I'm saving my pennies. So you understand why he becomes greedy. Like he has this traumatic past. And in this film, I didn't really understand why he becomes greedy. Because when he see, you see him as a teen, he's just abandoned, I guess, by his dad. But that's not really an explanation to why he has this need of keeping his money to himself. That's something that did not make sense for me. It's like, why show him this scene? Yeah, he had a sad, lonely life, but that I wish we had seen a reason for him becoming this greedy man. I'm not sure how much, like I said, it's been so long since I've read the book, so I'm not sure how much of this is from the book and how much of this is things that have been absorbed by the different retellings. Right. Most versions have it that when he was going to marry Belle, he didn't want to marry her until he could provide for her financially because she also came from a poor family. And, like, together they had basically nothing. Mm -hmm. So that was where usually the different versions say that his greed stemmed from. It started as him trying to earn enough money for the wedding or to be able to provide for her in the future and just spiraled into him only caring about money because she has that one iconic line, another idol has replaced me. Mm-hmm. So I think that's usually the explanation for his greed. Okay. But I have no problems with somebody giving even more backstory. I like the sound of the one you're talking about in your play. Mm-hmm. I feel like that would also make for a good movie too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we also have the scene of him being greedy about the wedding and all, and then when she leaves him. So that's also similar to this version, but we have this little extra thing that explains mm-hmm. a little bit more. And I feel like that would have been better. Also, um, since we're talking about this past little moments, the Fessiwig dance is like, they try at times to be realistic, but then you have the Fessiwigs almost flying while they're dancing. I noticed that too. And that felt very odd to me because like they're going to this hyper-realistic look and then you're having mm. this something that is not realistic at all. So I thought that was a very weird choice. There's a lot of that kind of thing. And I think that has to do with the fact that this movie was made in and for 
3D mm-hmm. because it was marketed as a 3D film. And it was, as far as I know, it was the first 3D Blu-ray that was released on the same day as the original film. Because usually they would release the film and then wait a while and then release right. the Blu-ray. This was released on the same day. So this was like, th- I think this was one of Disney's big push towards 3D, which I think that they have since realized is not not really worth <laughs> pursuing as heavily as they were back then but there were so many sequences in this film that really felt like they were leaning heavily on the 3d that the dancing Mm -hmm. fezziwig or whoever it was jumping like at the camera and then later there was like these random action sequences that were definitely not in the book but I mean, they made them make sense within the context of the story, but you could tell that they were made to show off 3D. Yeah, like things were flying at the camera. There was things like the way that the backgrounds would like zoom away and then zoom forward again. Mm-hmm. It's just, it was made for 3D, and it's heavily apparent when you're watching. And it's like, it just feels weird when you're not watching it in 3D. It was like, this is so unnecessary. <laughs> Yeah, no, I t- now that makes so much sense. Like, all the flying he does around with that rocket thing mm-hmm. that happens, that makes a lot of sense. Like, watching this, like, in my normal screen, but I, I understand if you watch it in 3D, it's more exciting, I guess. Um, speaking of the past stuff that we were talking about, this the past segment of the film, uh, there's this one line that I really, really liked, because I know I've been saying negative stuff, but there's this one thing I really liked. When he says... Um, so the ghost is like, oh, do you remember this place? And, and Scrooge says, I could walk it blindfolded. Mm-hmm. I don't know, something, the way he delivered that line was very lovely to me. Like, it, it felt very sweet. And I, I, I like that moment. I mm-hmm. wanted to say something positive. <laughs> yeah, I think that's one of those, I think that's another iconic line, because I've heard that in multiple versions. Oh, really? But, I think the way he delivered that line, the way Jim Carrey did delivered a lot of lines really well. Yeah. I think he was a good choice for Scrooge. I agree. Some, the only thing I didn't think was a good choice was the way he was like very Jim Carrey in some of his mannerisms. Yeah. Like the way he would do this with his fingers mm-hmm. sometimes. Yeah. That just felt like the Grinch or something. <laughs> I agree. At, at times I was like, oh, this is Jim Carrey. It's not just Yeah, Scrooge. it's very obvious it was Jim Carrey when he was doing the little Jim Carrey movements or whatever. But mm-hmm. other than that, like his delivery of the lines was great. His accent was good. Like a lot of people can't pull off a good British accent and make it believable. Right. But I, I think he did a great job. My only problem with Scrooge, I, I think it's like, he looked too old, in my opinion, to the point it's like, yeah, he's changing it, but he's probably going to die, like, next year. Like <laughs> I just feel like, does he really need redemption now? He's about to die. I, I don't know. I just wish he was a bit younger, because then, I don't know, he could make a bigger impact, I guess. I just feel like he was too old. He looked like he's, like, any moment, like, a, a, I don't know, he looked too fragile. And from the moment you see him in the beginning and says seven years later, he looks the same. Probably, he may not be as old as he looks, just his greed and the fact that he, like, never goes outside maybe has just withered him. (laughs) Maybe, that's true. Who knows? I just was like, he's about to die. I mean, why wasting all this time with the ghost? (laughs) But oh well. too late for redemption. (laughs) I guess. I guess. 
<laughs> uh, speaking of old people and like creepy, like that first scene where the movie starts with Marley all dead, it's like, that's a strange way of starting. I didn't film. like that scene. I didn't that like was that a bit disturbing. And I was like, I get it because it shows how he, how greedy he is, that he like steal this stuff from even his own friend, whatever. But she felt a bit too much to start, you know? Like, it felt too creepy. The way he was acting in that scene, the way the scene was shot and just drawn out, it was mm-hmm. like extended camera shots of like him like holding out his hand <laughs> wanting money and then like why why did you need to draw this out like you could have done the same scene much quicker mm-hmm. you could have cut the time in half or maybe even a quarter of this time it was just it was so long and uncomfortable and maybe that's what they were going for but i didn't like that scene at all yeah no it was very and now I understand why parents be like I don't want to take my kid to see that because that was yeah I feel like even though this was branded Disney and Disney doesn't brand things as Disney unless it's going to be like a family thing yeah I feel like this wasn't really a family movie Mm -hmm. like maybe a couple sequences kids would like but for the most part this felt like uh, telling for adults yeah especially with the want and need moment uh what oh, yeah, those little creatures funny. oh my god <laughs> i and then i didn't know this because in our version the christmas present doesn't die but i don't understand why did christmas present die in this version i was a bit confused by that i don't know and i don't <laughs> i don't feel like i've seen that in any other version either. okay because I didn't know if that was the original thing or not, because I haven't read the original one. Yeah, I need to look it up again. I need, I need to read the story again. Right. But I I feel like if that was from the book, most versions cut it out. <laughs> but yeah, it was it felt weird. And it's probably mm-hmm. and even if it is in the book, it probably felt weird because no other version has done it so far. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was a very strange scene. Especially because he's so jolly and happy. And uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, in our musical, we have the want and need scene a little bit, but it's like it finishes real quick. There's no dramatic skeleton. Yeah, it's, and, never, it's never a long scene in the version. Right. Scene. Like, want and need were there for quite a while in this version. And then they yeah. like, grew up, which I've never seen in any other version. Yeah, did you see the, the lady then getting all tied up? And like, yeah, oh, I was like, what is that? It was very bizarre. Yeah. Um, but speaking of Christmas present, what did you think of that scene? Because, like, I did like him a lot. He was very funny, all that stuff. But I didn't like how it felt like they were watching the screen. I feel like it, I, I would have liked it more if he was also flying around. I know he does that, like, after a moment. But, like, at the beginning where he's just looking at the floor, it just felt too cheap for me. It was an interesting choice but i have a feeling that it was a choice made to show 3d again Mm. because like there was the stretching effect between the floor and what they were looking at and just the fact that they were like over them i'm i'm pretty sure that they did that because it was a way to show off 3d again like there were so many choices in this that were made you could tell specifically because it was going to be a 3d film Right. And I think that's one that wouldn't have been that if it wasn't going to be 3D. <laughs> hmm. Makes sense. Makes sense. But um, what I did like in that... Oh, no, it's in the future. I got it confused. Well, we can talk about it a little bit in the future unless you want to say anything about Christmas present. 
for the most part, present was fine and kind of forgettable. Yeah. What was he talking about his siblings? I was confused about that part. That's, I think that's from the book, too, because I've heard that in other versions, and I'm not really sure what exactly it's supposed to mean. Okay. <laughs> I was like, what do you mean you have, like, a thousand siblings? I, did I zone out at one moment or something? Yeah, I, don't know. I, I think it's just one of those things where they were trying to be really accurate to the book. Like, mm-hmm. in some ways, this movie was extremely accurate to the book, and in other ways, very bizarre know. and not accurate. But I, that was one that I think they were copying a line directly from the book, and it's not one that I fully understand. Like, I'm not sure how ghosts and spirits work in this world because some are so so completely different than others. I don't know. mm -hmm. I'm not sure that the mythology is meant to be dissected and fully understood. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So speaking of the future one, I did like how it was a shadow. I like the hand Mm -hmm. thing. I just didn't like how... Scrooge becomes small and he sounds like this. And it's that like, was it takes another that, so bizarre choice. It takes the drama and the, the, the seriousness of the moment because he sounds like a little, like, like a kid almost. And it's like, it just feels like it, it takes out from the moment, I feel like. I have a feeling that, again, this is another one that was made to show off 3D because when he becomes <gasps> tiny, it was because there was going to be this huge action sequence through the streets and with the rat and the bottle and the horses. Mm-hmm. And I think that the only reason he became tiny was because it was a good way to show off 3D. That sucks. The fact that they do something just for spectacle rather than story, not a fan of that. If yeah. it had helped the story, fine. But I completely agree with you, and it felt like filler. It's like I actually skipped that part in my computer. It's like I don't, I don't care about this. Show me the good stuff. Um, I did really like the scene with um, Cratchit uh, when he goes. You know, he's talking to his family about how Tiny Tim passed away, and he stops at the stairs and he's kind of like looking at Scrooge, and then goes to his room and he just starts crying. I feel like the way he was shot was very beautiful. I did like that moment. Yeah, I I usually like any scene with in any version with the Cratchits. They're usually done really well. Yeah. Like I in in my review of the new Grinch, I talked about Cindy Lou Who and mm-hmm. it Rachel was talking about how she was kind of like the tiny Tim character and you were supposed to feel the same way with her. Mm-hmm. And I didn't. I thought she was annoying. <laughs> But I never feel like that with Tiny Tim. Right, no. And I'm not sure if that's because he doesn't get as much screen time as Cindy Lou Who did because she fills up a lot of that movie. But the, he just, he and his whole family just feel so much more genuine. Yeah. And I, even in versions that I don't really care for, I usually like the Cratchits. And yeah. I usually like Tiny Tim. So this is this one is no exception. I liked the crushes. I wish we had seen more Tiny Tim. Like again, I'm so sorry I keep referring to my musical. But we see a lot of Tiny Tim in the musical. Um and you get to feel more sorry for him when you find out he passed away. And this one, this is also like something I didn't like about this film. It felt like it was rushing. It felt very although like when I was watching I rented it, it's like, oh an hour and thirty minutes. That's it. And I felt like it was going really how to say each ghost was very like quick 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 because we got to show all this other stuff we actually don't need and it's like and at the same time i felt like i was bored at the same time i felt the same way 
it felt simultaneously too long and too short. <laughs> exactly. Because like, there were so many things that I wish we had seen, but the pacing of the stuff that we saw was weird. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. I th- part of me still thinks it comes back to they were trying to fit in all those 3D sequences. If they had cut those sequences, I think it would have helped the pacing so much because there was yeah. so many times where the story just kind of stopped for a big action piece. Mm-hmm. And you didn't need that. Like the scene no. with the, I don't know what the scene is called, but where they're like going through his things. And I think her name is Mrs. Dilber is like trying yeah. to throw off his bedclothes and everything. Mm-hmm. That sequence needs to like move straight on to the next scene with the next people talking about him being dead. Instead, mm-hmm. they start bashing at a giant rat that's hovering behind Scrooge and then he's running through the streets and there's these demon horses chasing him and it's just like why yeah (laughs) the story didn't need this Mm -mm. but again like I'm sure it would have been amazing in 3d but I'm watching this on my computer not not on a giant 3d television or 3d Mm -hmm. movie theater it's like it you when you make a 3d film you need to be conscious of the fact that for the vast majority of people, we're not going to be watching it in 3D. Like we might watch it in 3D once at a theater, but you need to incorporate 3D in such a way that it's not extremely noticeable that it used to be 3D when you're not watching it in 3D. Yeah, I remember, for example, watching the movie Rio, the um, Blue Sky movie, and I saw that in 3D, and I loved it, but then if you watch it not in 3D, it still works perfectly. Because, mm-hmm. you know, they have those little gags for 3D, but, like, it's totally still, um, what's the word, not completely relying on the fact that this is 3D, you know? Mm-hmm. While this mm-hmm. film was 100% relying on the fact oh, that yeah. it's like, oh, 3D, you know? Um, maybe because it was the start of 3D, because this film, what, came out in 2009? I don't know exactly when mm-hmm. 3D started, but maybe they were like, we're going to do something special for people to come see this. Um, so maybe that was it. But, like, I totally agree with you. Like, people now are not watching 3D, and it yeah. really sucks. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It It just, it made the film worse than it would have been without it. Like, yeah. even though I'm not a big fan of the motion capture faces, the way they turn out in the final animations, yeah, I think it still would have been a lot more enjoyable if they had not put in so many filler sequences just mm-hmm. for the fact that it's 3D. Yeah. Like, the movie wasn't a bad movie. It just, no. there were so many things that held it back from being a good movie. Yeah. I think also... Um completely agree with you going to the ghost of the future the that scene where the, what was the lady that works with him that you said the name i think it's mrs dilber at least that, that one she's like pretty much saying all this stuff that how she stole all this stuff from him and then when he comes back to reality he's like such a wonderful lady it's like why i would fire that lady it's like <laughs> she's gonna betray you like excuse me like i don't know that part from me is like why would he say all this nice stuff to her I think it's the fact that technically what he was seeing was things that haven't happened yet and they will be changed. So I think the fact that the reason that she was stealing things from him was because she hated him and didn't care that he died. I think that 
since he is turning good, at least I would hope that she would be affected by that change and realize that he's not actually a horrible person and then have more respect for him after he's gone. So mm-hmm. I think he's not upset about that because it didn't happen. And he's going to make sure it didn't happen by changing his behavior in the future. Mm, makes sense. Makes sense. But yes, um, what did you think of that final scene? His redemption. Um, which part? Like Just all of it. When he comes back and he's like helping people again, he's all happy. Um, did you, did you feel satisfied fun. by it? Did you, were you like, eh? It was one of those where he was getting into maybe a little too Jim Carrey, but mm-hmm. just going crazy. And I know there's precedent for that in other versions because sometimes versions like to really go into Scrooge going crazy with joy and happiness. Mm-hmm. And I think that was more of that in this one, but it allowed Jim Carrey to be Jim Carrey <laughs> in some points. I liked it, but I, I just felt it wasn't climatic or I, I didn't feel satisfied by yeah it, it didn't feel super memorable it, not at all but a lot of the movie didn't feel super memorable <laughs> so. <laughs> so yeah the ending matches the rest of the film pretty much yeah i mean we didn't talk much about fred which is voiced by um what is this guy's name he's very famous carrie ellis yeah. no no fred is voiced by colin firth the guy from Mamma Mia. I thought it was Carrie Elwes. No, my problem was when I was listening to him, like all I could hear was the actor. And what like did I Carrie Elwes play then. Let's cut <laughs> IMDB. Because I know Carrie Elwes is in this and I for I was thinking he was Fred. Let me see. Oh, so that's also another thing. It's like in our version. <laughs> um Scrooge kind of dislikes Fred a lot because his sister died of childbirth while giving birth to Fred. So yeah. that's why, but in this one, it's not very really clear why he hates him so much. I mean, I get it. He hates Christmas people in general, but like, it's not that, like he mentions that his sister died, but he had a child, but it doesn't say that she died because of the birth. I think that would have added a little... I think that that particular detail was from the 1951 version mm-hmm. because that one, that version, according to Rachel, has become kind of a classic because of the weight that they gave to the story. And I think right. that was one thing that they added to the story to give the story more weight was the fact that his sister died in childbirth, mm-hmm. which is part of the reason that he just does not like Fred because right. he loved his sister so much. Mm-hmm. I don't think that they put that in many other versions because it was from a specific version. Got it. But I think that it would add a lot. Like, I, I, I can understand them not putting it in this one because this one, they were, aside from all the ridiculous 3D stuff, they were trying to go for a straight, directly from the book adaptation. Right. I'm looking for the actor. That's what I'm looking down. Yeah, no, Colin Firth voiced Fred. Okay, who did Carrie Elwes play then? Um, I know he was in this one. I don't see it. Oh, Carrie, yeah, uh, he played Portly Gentleman, I think. Really? That's it? I think so. I don't know why I thought he played Fred then. Oh, well, whatever. (laughs) 
I, I know I read that Kerry Ellis was, he played against Jim Carrey when two Jim Carrey characters were in the same scene. Like, mm-hmm. play it once, like, if he was, if Jim Carrey was past and Scrooge, one of them would be Scrooge and one of them would be past, and then they do it again, and then they'd use the Jim Carrey performances. So maybe... From what I see in IMDb, it only says that Jim Carrey was Scrooge, but... You know, maybe they don't show the whole thing. So. Oh well, I read that on the Wikipedia page. Right. So. And the Wikipedia page would have more detail as to how the film. Mm-hmm. Made. Makes sense. That's weird that IMDb wouldn't credit him for more than. Yeah, that's like, he played so many characters. Maybe because there's not enough space. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, I don't know. Whatever. And yeah, those are my overall thoughts. I guess. <laughs> what do you rank this film? Uh, I don't know. Probably not very high. No. But I maybe if if we're doing like ten stars, maybe a five, right. because like it wasn't horrible, but right. it wasn't great either. I agree. I would be giving it also five. There's so much. There was so much potential if they yeah. had only just gotten rid of this whole 3D idea. And yeah. I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think this one flopped, didn't it? I well. can't remember, but I wouldn't be surprised. Mm-hmm. I mean, I you don't hear people nowadays talking about it at all. No, yeah, it kind of was forgotten after it was released. Mm-hmm. Well, it doesn't look like it was a f- flop, but it didn't earn as much as Disney's mm-hmm. picture, big pictures usually get. It says it has a budget of one seventy five to two hundred million, mm-hmm. and it earned three hundred twenty five point three million. So, mm-hmm. it wasn't like a flop, but it wasn't a smashing success like disney likes yeah i'm just i think he was a very bad choice of director very bad choice of style and they should have done a musical (laughs) that's Mm. literally my my critique like it's such a timely story there is a huge um not demand but like a a a huge following of this story so Mm -hmm. there would be a lot of people if they went and saw it if they had the magic touch of disney because it this did not feel disney at all like i honestly until you told me it's like oh that's a jim carrey jim carrey that's the disney version like i didn't know that was disney at all because it doesn't feel like it no it doesn't feel like disney it just it feels like a mishmash of all sorts of different weird choices that Mm -hmm. some other animation studio would be trying (laughs) like maybe sony in one of their weird Yeah, I don't know. It's it was a strange film. It it wasn't horrible, but it wasn't great. I agree. Thanks for listening to this episode of Every Version Ever. If you enjoyed my conversation with Soul and want more from her, I'll have links to her social media below. Plus, we've done a bunch of other episodes on my iHeart Movies podcast, so be sure to check those out as well. Next time, we'll be looking at another fairly faithful adaptation, another episode I made in 2018 covering the 1984 version with my cousin Sarah. This was the version she grew up on, and at the time, I'd never seen it, so we had fun watching it and discussing it afterwards. So thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time on Every Version Ever.